for leading us in worship. I want to welcome you. If this is your first time here, my name is Matt, and my wife Amber and I are the pastors, and we'd love to get to know you. And maybe you're tuning in online. We'd love to get to know you as well. The first step is you can text into our office um, if you'd like. And if you text guest in, there's a little form you can fill out and just say, hey, we were here. It's kind of that first step to getting connected um, here at the church. And this is also the same time we can receive tithes and offerings. And you can text give into the office as well. It will um, go right in. You can do the same thing, a little digital link. Or if you hear those drop boxes in the building, if you're more analog versus digital, both ways are awesome. And so let's pray for that. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for all that you've given us. And God, we pray that as, the, as, the, as resources come into this house, God, as, as we return the tithes and offering to the house of the Lord, God, we ask that those resources would exponentially uh, have impact everywhere they go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I got a couple quick announcements. And actually, the first one next week is 4th of July weekend. And, and we have to do a quick poll. Do we do fireworks in the service or do we do popsicles after the service? How many people say fireworks in the service? Yeah, okay, we have fireworks in the service. Yeah, and how many people say popsicles after the service? Yeah, we got a little bit of a mix. I saw some people, I know you're like, well, can we have both? What? So I bring the heat every week. I don't know what you're talking about. I always bring fireworks, right? I always bring the fireworks. Well, guess what? Today we are wrapping up a series called The Greater Things. And the big idea that we kind of have been talking about over the last few weeks is this concept of um, discipline and, and the concept of if when you're reaching for greater things, sometimes you sacrifice what you want now in, in order to reach what you really want. And, and sometimes we have these goals and these ideas in, in life. But today I want to talk about the idea of all the small things. All the small things. And, uh, and, and it's like there's a song, isn't there? All the small things. It's probably terrible lyrics. I have no idea. You were just talking with somebody before the service and how like all the song lyrics are stuck in your head from like all the years of your life, you know? Three notes come on. And you're like, I know all the words to this song. Have you guys, you have that, right? And then you're like, what does Psalms 26 say? <laughs> if it's set to gangster rap, I could probably memorize it. That's what it is. But do you ever compare yourself to others? Do you ever like think, am I successful? Like what, what have I accomplished in life? How, how long have I been here on earth? And have I actually gotten anything done? Just for fun, I, I thought I would Google, um, you know, uh, successful people my age, you know. And so I'm, I'm, I'm 42 years old. And I thought, so who, who else is 42 years old right now? How, who has been 42 years, same birth year maybe? Like I started Googling it. And I was like, oh, let's see, you know, like who's out there. And, and the top of the list was Kobe Bryant. Apparently Kobe Bryant and I, our birthdays are two days apart. Yeah, so he's a little more successful than I am in some regards, depending how you look, you know. Um, and, and he's an NBA superstar that broke all kinds of records, right? And you're like, oh, wow. Okay, well, you know, may, maybe not that category. So I keep going down the list. And then there's a guy named uh, Ron DeSantis, who's a governor of Florida, right? He's, he's my age, and he's a governor of an entire state. Like, and I'm like, wow, okay, my accomplishments seem a little bit small compared to these two guys. And so I keep going down the list and then there's Usher, you know, this pop singer Usher, you know? Yeah, I'm like, okay, he's like, yeah, right. Drew Brees and I are the same age. NFL superstar, probably gonna be in the Hall of Fame, you know, as NFL quarterback. And I sort of realizing like, okay, this is a bad comparison chart. I like compared to those guys, I'm like, man, I can't, I can't compare myself to them. This isn't, this isn't fair. This isn't right. I, I feel like maybe there's some unhealthy expectations on my part to maybe try to compare myself to any of these people of whether or not I'm successful or not. Am I, am I doing well in life? I, I don't really 
No. Maybe you compare yourself in the office. You compare yourself in the office, right? And, and you look around, well, maybe I look in the office and I'm like, well, maybe I should be at a certain rank in my office. And you can look around and be like, well, how come that guy got the promotion? Like, I'm better than that guy. I'm better than that gal. Like, why, why, why did they get the raise and the promotion in the office? I should have had that. I've been here longer. I'm smarter. I'm funnier. I'm better looking. I'm, you know, and you're like, I don't get it. Why did they get the raise? And why? And you start to compare yourself maybe. And you start to look at other people's success from time to time. And, and, and you can do that in the office. And, and you can do that in your career. And, and, and maybe you do it in your family. Maybe you do that in your family. You know, I can look at my brother. I'm the oldest of the three siblings. Therefore, I should be the most successful, you would think. You'd think. And so if I compare myself to my brother, I'm not sure if he's watching. Clearly, I'm better looking, right? Clearly, I mean, I'm better looking. But I think he might have a higher net worth than I do. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Maybe his net worth is higher than mine. I was like, well, I chose to be a pastor. Like, I look at it everywhere I look on TV. They have perfect hairlines, beautiful white teeth, and private planes. So, so where did I go wrong? Like, where am I going wrong? Like, how can I? I'm not doing it right, apparently, you know? And you can look around, and you can start to compare, can't you? It's easy, and you start to think, well, why, the, why did they have this level of success, and why do they look like that, and why is this here? And, when? and you can start to, to maybe even question yourself and think, like, how did this even get there, right? Uh, maybe I'm the only one that's done this, but, but maybe you are the most successful person in your family. Have you ever been to that place where you're, maybe you're the person that other people look at? Here, here's, here's a little secret. If you've never felt like that's been you, guess what? It is you sometimes. Did you realize that you're a 10 in some area in your life? I may not have the basketball skills of, of Kobe Bryant or the football skills of Drew Brees or the singing skills of Usher or the um, political, I don't know what those are called, to be governor, you know, <laughs> prowess, I don't know, cunning, I don't, I'm not really sure. <laughs> God bless all the politicians. They have a very difficult job in front of them. Uh, but, but, you know, like I may not have those skills in those areas, but I might be a 10 in another area. I don't know. If you've never felt like you're a 10 in some area in your life, I want to tell you, you probably are. You probably are. There's probably some area in your life that you are excelling than other people in this world. The, the, the challenge sometimes is we can get fixated on other people and start to look at how other people are doing and, 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 what, and what, they're, what they're going on in their life. But maybe you've been that, maybe you felt that. You've been the most successful person in your family or in your circle or in your friends. And, and, and have you ever been there and you've ever heard somebody criticize you for being successful? In something, in some area. It's hard to hear that, isn't it? You're like, well, wait. It's like they call you lucky. Well, it's not lucky. I worked hard. I worked hard to get where I'm at. Well, it's not just luck. Oh, it must be nice to have you get every. No, 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 hold on. There's more to it than that, isn't there? There's more to it than that. When I was younger, I compared myself to others quite a bit. And as I got older, that slowly went away. Became more wise, maybe, in my, in my old age of 42. I know, I know. Some of you in the room, you're like, that's so old. My kids are like, you're so old. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to look at others who were even my age, and, maybe, and they had more maybe quote-unquote success than I did, and I sometimes wondered why. I would look and be like, we've both been on this planet. We're both 21, 22, 23 years old. And how come they have more success than I do? What, what, what is different? What's going on? Oh, they're just, they're just lucky. 
Well, here's what I found out in life is that they had a different starting line than I did. They had a different set of environmental surroundings than I did. Some of them were tougher than me. Some of them were easier than me. And just because their starting line was harder than mine, that may have given them advantage. Because as a harder starting line and a harder starting point may have built them some strength in some areas at a younger age than I developed because they had to fight through something. Other people had it easier. They, they had an easier start, and so they got to start a little bit in front of me in life. And so I, I started to look around and realizing that we all have different starting lines. We have different starting places. Well, if I had had that starting place, I would have had those results too. I mean, Donald Trump has this multi-billion dollar real estate empire, but his dad gave him a million dollars to start it. Well, hey, if you gave me a million dollars when I was 24 years old, I would have um, probably not had a multi-billion billion dollar <laughs> let's be honest would have had a Lamborghini and so I would have spent it on a deep re- I, you know I, mean? I probably wouldn't have done the right thing with it I'd be honest but but you know he he had a he had a, a starting line ahead of anybody else that would have been my age trying to get into that kind of real estate empire building right why don't I have a mall why don't I I mean he and I are not the same age but listen it's just an illustration to say that we don't all have the same starting line and if you had the same starting line, would you have done the same things? Would you have made the same decisions? Would you have had the same coaching? Would you have had the same environment around you to be as successful? Kobe Bryant was so successful. His dad was actually an NBA player. And from the time that he was a little kid, he was in an atmosphere and an environment that drove him to success inside of the NBA. Right? I didn't have that. Plus, I'm not tall enough. It isn't fair. Why, why them? And I realized that we have different starting lines. And you know why that is? Because we have different races to run. I'm not running their race. And they're not running mine. And I'm not running yours. You have a race to run because you have a different starting line and a different set of experiences and a different set of circumstances. And, and, and you've got to see that, that just because you're trying to be like everyone else, don't do that. Because the world needs you. God's given you a race and a purpose in this life. And and when we start to look around and and try to compare ourselves to other people and start to look at what other people are doing versus us, guess what we're doing? We're abandoning the race that God has laid before you and me. And we're we're saying, well, I'm going to try to run their race. And God's like, no, I put you on something more bigger than that. The world needs you. It needs where you're at. It needs what you're doing. You can't just give up and go do something else. And so many times we get stuck there. See, the younger me wanted to be rich and famous. The mature me understands that I'm happy to run and be successful to run the race that is set before me. There is only one you. Only one you. Now I think being famous would be terrible, just for the record. Could you imagine trying to be like, I don't know, Sting or Johnny Depp and like go to the grocery store? Just like you couldn't do anything normal in life, you'd get mobbed by fans everywhere. That just sounds, just for the record, that sounds terrible. <laughs> he, God put you on earth on purpose to be you. As long as you're trying to be someone else, you're robbing the world of the gift that God has, that God has put inside of you. But nonetheless, have you looked at other people and said, well, how did they get to be that successful? What is it that they did that got them there? And are there principles maybe that you've seen in other people that, that are principles that, that maybe you could apply to your race and your path? 
by no means am I saying we should run other people's races, but however, there are principles to success that I think are applicable to no matter what race that you're running. No matter what race that you're running. You see, successful people um, aren't lucky. Maybe they have a family that can help them. Maybe they have some genetics that give them an advantage in their particular race. But they're not just lucky. You see, successful people are consistent. Successful people do consistently what others only do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people only do occasionally. You want to be successful in certain areas of your life? You must develop disciplines and be consistent on all of the small things in life. And you start to see success that comes from that. Nobody was accidentally debt-free. Nobody decides that, you know what I'm going to do this week? I'm going to become debt-free. I'm going to do five things in in the next seven days. I'm going to pay off the $38,000 in student loans that I have. No, that's not actually how that works. Do you know how you become debt-free? A little bit at a time. I didn't go to Starbucks all month. Can I pay off my student loan? No. What did you do? I made a dent. How big of a dent? Well, it went from like $37,000 to $36,926, right? You made a little dent, you know? You want to be debt-free? It's a little bit at a time of consistently getting a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. What else are you going to be successful at? I want a great marriage. I'm going to read one book and it's going to be perfect. We're never going to fight again. It's going to be incredible. We're going to say one poem. I'm going to write a poem because that's how they do it in the movies, right? It's like, I'm going to bring you some flowers and write a poem. Maybe hold a boom backs up or do something. And, and like all of a sudden it's like fantastic marriage relationship and, 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 and we never fight again. And every, No, you know how you have a great relationship? Is that it's little bit after little bit after little bit. Consistently working on the basics and consistently doing it. That is where you start to build a great marriage. You want to physically be in shape? I went to the gym five times this week. Why do I not look like The Rock? I want to look like Dwayne Johnson. I picked it up. I put it back down. And I don't see the muscles, right? Like, I, I want, you know why? If you look at the, 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 the guy like Dwayne Johnson, been a bodybuilder his entire life, decades and decades of, of only eating the right things and picking up the heaviest weights humanly known to mankind, he somehow developed this, you know, huge, huge muscles. How do, you, how do you become physically shaped? It's little disciplines day after day after day after day after day. That's how you become physically in good shape. That's how you become financially um, debt-free and financially in a, in a place that's because con- you can consistently execute on the little things. I want to be close to God. I got up early three times this week and I read chapters of the Bible, entire chapters of the Bible, three times this week. God, where are you? You know why? You took a step, but it's a walk and it's a journey and it's a path and it's, and it's a relationship. It's, 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 it's little bit at a little bit at a little bit and a little bit. People have intentions to do these things. They have intentions. But actions, see, intentions do not determine your direction. Actions determine your direction. Intentions might, you have to think something, but you actually have to take the steps to go in the direction that you're trying to go in. You see, we can hope to have a life change, but hope doesn't change your life. Habits change your life. It's the little things. It's the little steps. 
It's the daily habits. I want to do five things, work really hard for like a week and see massive results. But that's not how life works. It's not how life works. It's the little things over time that build and build and build. The life you want isn't the result of a few lucky decisions or moments. It's the result of consistent small decisions done over time. It's the small things that no one sees that leads to the life that everyone wants. This is important. Small things don't make big differences immediately. When you do small things, you don't see the results right away. And so then you get frustrated and you feel like quitting. I went to the gym five times. It didn't work. I tried that. Next, what else do I do? Oh, keto diet? I do that for like four days, five days, a week, maybe two. Ah, I don't like that anymore. South Beach diet. Oh, no, we're not going to do that anymore. I'm going to get a Peloton. Oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm not going to. You know what happens? If you just stuck with one thing and just did it consistently, you will start to see results. Results snowball over time. And what happens is we see the small things and we get frustrated because we don't see the big results right away. It takes time for this to accumulate up to the big results. Today we're going to be in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Verses 7 through 9. And if you want to turn there, you can, or it's going to be on the screens. And it's verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So whoever sows to please their flesh... From the flesh will reap destruction, and whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So do not be deceived, it starts out with. Deceived, led astray. Do not be, have you ever been deceived? It's funny thing is if you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. Because if you know you're deceived, you're not deceived. Have you ever been deceived? Have you ever been led astray? And it says, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Reaping and sowing. If you've been in the Bible for a while, you understand what this means. But it was a very agricultural society. And reaping and sowing was referring to planting seeds and harvesting. Planting seeds and harvesting. You sowing is putting the seed in the ground. And reaping is when you're pulling the fruit off of the tree or the bush or the plant or whatever it is that, that you, you planted. You see, this here is this, a man will reap what he sows. This is actually a law in life. Just like gravity is, gravity is a natural law. What you plant, you will harvest. It's it's just a universal law. And even if you're not a Christian, I mean, this this will apply to your life, even if you're not even, you don't have to believe in Jesus to understand that what you plant is what you will will harvest. If if you plant wheat, you're not going to harvest apples. If you plant apples, you're not going to harvest pineapples. If you plant an apple tree, you will harvest apples. Like This is like a universal law. What you plant is what you will harvest. This is true in the physical as well as the spiritual. This is a universal law that goes all the way through. And so there's some laws to this, laws of sowing and, and reaping. You will reap what you sow. If you plant wheat, you're going you're gonna to reap wheat. If you plant bad seeds, you will harvest destruction. It's just the law of life. If you show up late to work and you have a bad attitude, you're probably not going to get promoted. 
If you're complaining all the time about your boss, he's not going to promote you. If, 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 even if you're doing it behind his back, there is something about the way that life works and the way that God works is that it will start to manifest through. And, and you, you wonder why, well, why does this other guy get all the breaks? Why don't I ever get the breaks? Maybe you're sowing seeds and you've been sowing seeds for a period of time now and you just don't like the harvest. You don't like the plant that's coming off of this thing. You want a good marriage? Sow the seeds of a good marriage. I remember when I first got married, I was realizing and noticing that when the guys were around, they would always complain about their wives. Maybe you've seen this. And for the women, I, I'm assuming that never happens. They never complain about the husbands. You know, they're always, you know, nothing but edifying and, 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 and yes. But I would notice this, that the guys would complain about their wives when it was just the guys around. Oh, my old lady this, and can't believe my wife that. And I was just getting married, and I noticed this was going on in the workplace that I was at. And, and, and I thought to myself, well, why are you married to these people if you don't like them? We had a work gathering, and I, I saw them with their respective spouses. And, and they, like, were holding their hand and had their arm around them. And you would never know that, that three, four days a week, they're all complaining about their wife at work. Things seemed very different when the wife was around when the wife wasn't around. No, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a genius. But I was aware enough to understand that they were planting seeds into their marriage that one day they might reap a harvest. I made a decision early on in my marriage that I'm not going to complain about my wife to anyone. Even if she does something that I don't like. Both times she did something I didn't like in the last 20 years, I kept it to myself. I, I, I didn't go talk about it anywhere else. I didn't, I didn't say anything negative about my wife to anyone. We made a decision early on in our marriage that we weren't going to do that. We weren't going to be those people because when I'm speaking words of death about my wife when she's not there, it doesn't matter if she's not there. I'm speaking words of death about my marriage and my wife. I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking negativity and, and the power of life and death is in the tongue. And I'm sowing seeds into the spiritual realm of, of, uh, that is going to destroy my marriage. What seeds are you sowing for the thing that you want success on? What, 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 are you, what are you confessing? What are you proclaiming? What are you declaring over your life? I'm telling you, this is a universal truth that, that, that is, is more true than gravity. As you start to sow things into your life, you will reap the harvest from those seeds. Oh, I'm always broke. I'm why am I, oh, oh this, this debt is crushing me. How am I going to get, oh. You know what? If you're always speaking financial doom and gloom over your life, and you, guess what? You're just going to make it really hard to become debt free. If, if, if you're speaking doom and gloom over your marriage, it's hard to have, it's really hard to have a thriving marriage. If you're always saying negative things about your kids, it's going to be really hard to have a nice relationship with your kids. If your attitude and mentality and, and, and the things that you're doing and saying, your words will, your actions will follow your words. And as you start to sow these seeds, things start to get planted and start to grow and start to harvest. And what are you cultivating in your life? What are you sowing? What are you sowing? Because you will reap what you sow. And your actions matter. I want to be healthy. 
but I'm going to go through McDonald's. I'm going to get the extra large soda. And they're like, well, I just, you know, if you're drinking, like, you know what I mean? What, what, are, what, what are you sowing? If I'm eating nothing but fast food and drinking large sodas all the time, not saying you can't do it occasionally, but if that's what you're putting into your body, you're going to be overweight. It's science, right? And, and I still do the same thing. I mean, I, I make poor food decisions occasionally, more often than I should. That's why I don't look like the rock. Why do I always find myself in a bad spot? Is God punishing me? No, it's not punishment. It's a harvest. And if you don't like the harvest, you've got to plant different seeds. Because what you reap, what you sow, you will reap. If you don't like what you're reaping, you've got to change what you're sowing. If you don't like the harvest, change the seed. The second law of sowing and reaping is this, is you reap more than you sow. Because what you sow, God multiplies. In fact, I think it's in Mark 4. Um, when Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower, and he's like talking about how he's, he has a bag of seed, the sower, and he's throwing it on different types of soil, the four soils. And, and he talks about when the seed takes root into good soil, it starts to grow, and you will reap 30, 60, 100 times what you're planting. God will multiply what you're planting. It, it, it's something that will, that will happen. One seed can grow into a tree that produces a lot of, of fruit. You know, in, in, in an apple, there are a certain amount of seeds. How many seeds are in this apple? We'll find out, right? I know, you're like, that guy just ripped an apple open with his bare hands. <laughs> I know, I've been working out. The seeds in here, there's like six or eight of them inside of this apple. And, uh, and, and it's like, okay, well, how many, how many seeds are inside of this apple? There's six, eight, ten. Okay, we can easily count that. How many apples are in this seed? I'm telling you, the power of the seed matters. And, and it seems so small and insignificant. And the small things matter over time. I'm telling you, we, we go, well, I don't like apples. Stop planting apple seeds. I don't like being financially strapped. Stop planting seeds of poverty into your life. And, and it does. It starts with mentality. It starts with your voice. And it starts with the words that you speak. Because those words lead to actions. And those actions start to create more and more poverty. That, that's, that's, that's what happens. You've got to start with the small things. How many apples are in this seed? You don't know. So can you consistently plant seed after seed after seed? And not every seed you plant might grow into a tree. But you keep planting and planting and planting and cultivating and cultivating. And one day you'll have a tree that's producing fruit. A tree that's producing fruit. How kind are you to your wife? Because that seed can have big results. If I'm kind to my wife, guess what? She's kind back. If I give my wife a hard time, I don't want that fruit. You see, small, consistent choices over time will make a radical difference. It's not what you do occasionally, it's what you do consistently. That's what makes the difference in life. That's where you find success. 
that's where you find your path gets changed. You see, yeah, <clears throat> it's your time, it's your food, it's your exercise, it's your, it's your resources. And, and, and you've got to look at those things and like, what are the seeds that you're planting with your time and, and your energy and, and your focus and your resources and your actions? And what are you doing? Those are the results that you're going to get. Look at your daily routine. Find the small changes that you can make. If you don't like what you're reaping, you got to change what you're planting. And here's the third truth of this is that you reap after you sow. Because you plant in the fall, but you don't harvest until the spring. There's a season, there's a period of time between the planting and the harvesting. When you plant the seed, where are my apples? Well, it doesn't happen overnight. What's the time period between the planting of the seed and picking apples off of the tree? Two weeks? No. Two months? No. Six months? No. You, you might see that the, the things start to sprout next spring, but then you've got to cultivate that tree. You've got to feed, water, tender. It grows, it grows, it grows, it grows. How many years does it take between the time that you plant the seed that you start actually eating apples? Years. Years. It's the consistency of the little things of feeding and watering and fertilizing and pruning and caring for this tree that you start to see the apples coming off of the tree. We try for a little while and then we stop. Last week we talked about the idea of trying versus training. Am I just trying to harvest apples or am I training to harvest apples? Am I trying to make a bit of a difference or am I training to make a long-term impact? Because if you're trying, you're like, I'm just going to give this a little try and see what happens and you'll quit. But if you're training, it doesn't matter if you fall down, you get back up. It doesn't matter if you stumble, you get back up again. Kobe Bryant trained. How many free throw shots did he practice in the court when nobody was looking? At least five. Right? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I, I tried. I tried to pay off my student loan debt all month long. I didn't buy anything luxurious. No restaurants, no Starbucks, no new clothes. All month, you say. Well, it's going to take a little more than that, isn't it? We wrongly conclude that small decisions don't matter that much. But the small decisions matter. Our entire life is the sum total. Entire life, sum total of all the small decisions that we make. Day after day after day after day. Every action that we take is actually choosing a direction that we're going. Because what you plant, you harvest. So this is my challenge for you is this. Can you win the day? Can you win the small thing? For some of you, it's like, I'm going to win today. Maybe it's, I'm going to win this hour. Maybe it's, I'm going to win this moment. You've got to find the small thing that you can take and start to win on this day and on this moment. And if you don't win today, guess what? You can win tomorrow. And when you get up, okay, fresh start, I'm going to win today. I'm going to win today. And what are you going to win on? Oh, I'm going to win on everything. I, I'm going to change all the seeds that I'm planting 
all today and my whole life is going to be radically changed from this day forward. No, here, here's my challenge to you is this. Find the one thing, the one seed. I believe right now, even in the middle of my message here, there's one seed that you thought that popped up that said, I could change that one seed. What's the one seed that you're going to change? What's the one thing that you're going to tweak? What's the one thing that you're going to do? And just tackle the one thing. Because if you say, I'm going to change five things, you're probably not. But if you do one, I'm going to change one. I'm going to change the words or actions that I'm speaking or doing on this one thing. If you want to win in life, you've got to focus on winning the day because the days are the seeds that will grow into the weeks and the months and the years that will ultimately produce the fruit that we're looking for. Because what you plant, you will harvest. How do we do it? I don't think I'm possible. I can't do it. Here's what I want to say is that our identity in Christ is what really drives this. Because when we know who we are and our identity in Christ, then, then, then we know that Christ is stronger than the seeds that I'm planting. That the, my temptation to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, that cycle can be disrupted because the power of Jesus can help us disrupt that cycle in our life. We're, trying, we're not trying, we're training. We're choosing what we want most over what we want now. And you're going to pick one seed. And we're going to change that one thing. And we can celebrate that one thing, even though we know maybe there's other seeds that might need adjusting. But we can say, I'm going to win this seed today. And how do you know if you're successful? How do you know if you won? Here's here's what happens is this, is sometimes we want to look at the harvest and say, oh, I'm harvesting what I want to harvest and now I'm winning. But in order to harvest what you want, you've got to celebrate what you're planting. So winning the day is this, is that we need to to judge the success of the day by the seeds that we sow, not the harvest that we reap. So as you sow, celebrate the fact that, hey, today I did right. Today I won. Today I sowed. By the power of Christ, he helped me to sow what I needed to sow today. And as we consistently sow the seeds that need to be sowed, we will eventually harvest what God has called us to harvest. And in verse 9, it says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Your hard work, your discipline, your sacrifices, it's not a waste of time. It's slowly building towards something. Slowly building towards a harvest that God has already put inside of you. And that day will come, and that harvest will happen, And people will go, oh, you're just lucky. No, no, you're not lucky. You're faithful. You're disciplined. You're planting seeds day after day after day. You see, what the people that say you're lucky, what they don't see, the people that that see your fruit but don't see your planting, they're not going to see your planting. Nobody's going to see the seeds that you're sowing. All they're going to see is the fruit that's coming off of your tree. The fruit of the Spirit, hopefully, You see the fruit that's coming off of your life. You see, they don't see you getting knocked down and getting back up again. They don't see the the, the hours and the days of agonizing prayer in your closet saying, God, why can't I see a breakthrough in this area? They don't see the the time that you spent in prayer. They don't see the seeds that you're planting. They, They don't see you seeking God in agony over the dreams that he's placed in your heart. 
They don't see the early mornings that you've been working out, working hard, or the late nights. They don't see the seeds that are being planted. But you're just lucky. They don't see you saving every dime and being disciplined with your finances. They don't see that. They just see you financially free. People don't see like the ministry that's coming out of your life. People don't see, they, they, they don't see the seeds, they just see the output. They don't see the, the daily discipline of growing closer and walking with God step after step after step. All they see is that you had words of life in the moment that they were needed. Why? Because you've been sowing the seeds of spiritual maturity through your life. And day after day after day, as you sow, it will grow and you will eventually reap the harvest. And you'll reap the harvest if you don't give up, it says. Well, if you fall short today, there's always tomorrow. You can get up and go then. If the pianist would come, we're actually going to close. When everyone else gives up, you can do one more step. You see, your harvest won't be easy. And it won't be overnight. And so many times we can get frustrated by saying, I don't see the fruit and the output in my life. But I want to tell you, don't measure your success based on the output that you have overnight. Measure your success, success each and every day as you plant the seeds in your life. Church, my encouragement to you is this, is sow what you want to reap. It's a biblical truth. It's a biblical principle. And it's something that I think each and every one of us can do. We're not looking to the right and we're left. We're not comparing ourselves to their race or my race. I'm not comparing myself to who's winning and who's losing. I'm just running the race that God put in front of me and you should too. Run the race he's put in front of you. Plant the seeds, pursue the discipline, follow Christ and just see where he might lead you and what impact you might have in this world as the gift of God is cultivated in you and you see the fruit growing off of your life. Will you bow your heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you we thank you that, that your word is true. God, we thank you that, 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 you have, that you've given us um, these, these, these truths to live our life by. By the power of your spirit, God, I just pray right now that, that you would speak each and every one of us. God, what is the one thing right now? Right now, God, if we don't have it, God, quicken it right now in people's minds. What's the one thing that you're calling them to change? What's the one seed that they need to adjust? Is it finances? Is it exercise? Is it, is it physical health? Or maybe it's spiritual health. Maybe there's a relationship that you've been neglecting. Maybe there's a relationship that you've been bitter about that God is saying, no, I want you to change the seeds that you're planting so that one day you might find a restoration in that relationship. God, help us to plant seeds of righteousness consistently, day in and day out. God, help us to win the day. Help us to win the moments that you put in front of us. God, one small change. And we thank you. And in the years to come, we'll see the harvest from the seeds that we're planting today. We're not trying, we're training to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, there's, there's one area where there's one, 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 one exception to this, to this rule. You see, sometimes you can look at your life and be like, man, I've been planting these seeds of destruction, and I've been harvesting these seeds. And here's, here's what I know, is that is that the, the, the penalty for, for sin is death. Like, like when you're planting sinful seeds, you start to be harvesting other kinds of fruit that you don't want in your life. And what I know is this, is that, is that Jesus left heaven and came to earth to pay the price for those seeds. And each one of us have planted some seeds in our life that we're probably not proud of. 
things that, that maybe have started to grow into something. But you see, the, the penalty for sin is death and Jesus came and died on the cross for your sin. He paid the price. And so the sin that, that we've the seeded, the, the seeds we've planted that, that we don't want harvested. And, and you see, Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for sin, for, for sin that the penalty of sin and he, he paid it. So when you are in Christ, he's paid that penalty for your life. And so if you're not a follower of Jesus, I would encourage you, be a follower of Jesus. And what it looks like is this, is you make a decision and you start planting small seeds. But the first decision is this, is that I'm gonna make Jesus the Lord of my life. I've been trying to run it myself and I've not been doing a great job. Guess what? I'm gonna make Jesus the Lord of my life. And we say it's as easy as ABC. A is that you admit that you need a savior. B is you believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he died on the cross for your sins. And C is that you confess him as the Lord and savior of your life. And no matter where you're at, whether you're here or whether you're at home, Maybe somebody brought you to church or you're sitting near somebody or you're at home and and you're watching this. Why don't you go grab somebody? Maybe right now, maybe in a few moments after the service and say, I need to get my heart right with Jesus. And you can pray the ABCs and say, God, I just admit it. I believe and I confess you're the Lord of my life. And let that be the first seed that you start to plant consistently day after day after day on a new path and a new journey, following Jesus, making him the Lord of your life. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Can't wait to see you guys next Sunday.